welcome to Knitter Square. I'm your host Leanne Hunt and I hope you'll pick up your knitting and spend the next little while with me as we share that warm fuzzy feeling that comes when we knit and crochet for charity. Well hello everybody and welcome back to the podcast. Uh, It's Wednesday the 22nd of July as I record this And actually, it's my daughter's birthday. My eldest daughter, Lauren, turns 29 today. So happy birthday, Lauren, if you're listening. (laughs) Uh, Just to put you in the picture about the COVID um, conditions at the moment, um, we've had a surge here in South Africa in recent days. Uh, The country statistics, which I looked up um, earlier today, we've had, um, I'm giving you very average, very sort of, um, rounded off figures, but it's uh, about 368,000 cases in South Africa. We've had about 136,000 in Gauteng. And Gauteng is the province that is currently leading the number of cases in the country with Western Cape as uh, second. Um, we we have a the, the, the sort of the most dense population and of course, COVID spreads spreads in densely populated areas. Now, it is especially uh, surging in um, the most densely populated areas. Those being um, the the one area is comprises Soweto, Duncorp, Protea Glen, and another area which escapes me right now. But they um, that area has <clears throat> roughly 13,000 cases at the moment. It's a very high number for a small area. And the, the other area which is showing a, a big surge is the area in the south of Johannesburg, which is 10,000 cases, also a high-density area. And what officials are saying is that um, it's impossible to social distance in, in those areas because of the the prevalence of the informal settlements where people live in uh, highly congested areas with shacks side by side and many people living together in one small dwelling. So social distancing is impossible. And I think because it's so impossible, people actually just ignore the health regulations like wearing masks and sanitizing. Um, Now, one of the reasons people do flock to the city, of course, is uh, hunger and um, you know, the, the possibility of getting a job or at least possibly getting food parcels being distributed them, to them because I imagine um, some areas, some municipalities aren't um, uh, dispersing food parcels like the central Johannesburg and the Kuruleni municipalities are. So we've got people flocking to the city, uh, living together in, in very close con- conditions and of course the virus is spreading. Uh, in Gauteng, as of today, we've had 999 deaths, and um, that number is expected to rise. So it's a very tough time. I know from uh, members of my family who are in the medical services that the doctors are run off their feet. There's a shortage of nursing staff, and um, it's generally <clears throat> extremely difficult for all concerned. Um Meanwhile, you know, we just have to do what we can do. So I know of a lot of people who are involved in feeding schemes with churches and um, other NGOs. Uh, I myself, um, my local church is involved in a stew kitchen. So I'm involved in helping out with providing soup uh, or bone broth for that. 
and knitting beanies for the people who who come to the stew kitchen. We have about seventy people from the, um, who sort of live, live in the area who are out of work. Many of them are actually migrants, and um, they don't have South African uh, identity documents. And there's a strange system in our country where you, if you don't have an identity document, you're not eligible for state help. So um, that's where the, the the churches have really come to the fore to help people just survive. But all that aside, um, I'm glad to say that uh, the Knitter Square community, um, as far as I know, everybody is well and um, keeping very safe. And we're doing what we can to keep the flow of, of squares and blankets and things going um, through the pipeline of collecting squares, uh, making blanket packs, sewing them up into blankets and storing them ready for distribution. And as you'll hear in the, the couple of tracks that I am going to play you today, we have had a couple of distributions. Um, it was Mandela Day on Saturday, the 18th of July. And so we were very fortunate, well, of course, People know about Knitter Square, so we're very fortunate to be able to partner with companies and um, other organizations that can distribute and help us with the, the gathering of knitted squares. And so um, Rhonda is going to be telling us about the Mandela Day activities that took place. Um, one company in particular um, that she speaks about, they uh, had been making squares and hand warmers and beanies and soft toys throughout the year. They, they are um, very loyal supporters. And so they'd made the squares into blankets and got them all ready. And then instead of delivering them down to us in Johannesburg, which would have been a little bit inconvenient for everybody during the lockdown, what they did was they organized a dis distribution up in Pretoria and under the name of Nitta Square managed to get the blankets out to children. So we're very grateful for their involvement. And... Um, so, uh, yes, and, and then there was a, a group which Rhonda calls our Not A Square Ladies, and <laughs> we, we refer to, to the Not A Square group because these are um, ladies that take the squares that come into the square through parcels and donations and things, but they really don't qualify as squares, um, or certainly they don't match the standard um, uh, square <laughs> requirements that we have of 20 centimeters by 20 centimeters. So some of them are sort of parallelograms or maybe they've got um, funny angles and some of them are actually um, very misshapen or have dropped stitches. And so all of these odd squares get gathered together and are not a square ladies. They're a very talented group. And if a, if a square has been um, made to a smaller size, they will knit around it to, to make it to the right size. Um, if it's been made to slightly bigger than 20 by 20, then they will they will um, add on extra around it to make it into a sort of a panel that would take the place of four squares. And I, I sometimes do that as well because it's very useful to um, to be able to use a missized miss square and make it into something quite dramatic to go into the middle of a blanket. In fact, that's what I've been working on for the last couple of days myself, just putting stripes around an ordinary square. Um, so that's what the Not A Square ladies do. And then occasionally, if there's like a, a, a square that is almost a triangle or something, they will literally add on corners and make it into a square. They, they're quite remarkable in what they do. 
and where the um, where a square is um, unusable as a square because of um, the the fabric is is um, it's going to unravel. They will they will unwind the wool and then make up a blanket out of all the scraps. And they've produced some beautiful blankets. I know one of our ladies she uses two big circular needles as single needles um, and knits up blankets which are um, sort of as wide as a regular blanket and she has that many stitches on her needles so in other words she's literally knitting a blanket a blanket um, across the width of it and that would be about a meter 1.2 meters by 1.5 meters it's something like that um, to make up a regular size blanket and those blankets made out of stripes from various scraps that she's picked up from the the not a square pile are dazzling in their their beauty they really are stunning so uh, we have this this lovely group of not a square ladies who are up to any challenge <laughs> to put it lightly and they they bring us in all sorts of things so they were involved in the mandela day activities as well and then the second segment that i'm going to be bringing you today is a lovely chat i had with sandy mcdonald and debbie posmentier um, both of whom have been involved in it a square for a long time if you haven't yet heard my interview with sandy on her own please listen to that that's a couple of episodes back where she talked about how she set up the whole Knitter Square website and um, forum and all that kind of thing. But this particular ep um, interview that I did with Sandy and Debbie is where they reminisce about the, um, the event that was held in Philadelphia when the Soweto Gospel Choir visited Philadelphia to perform and the Knitter Square community got involved to contribute squares to make blankets and those blankets were presented to choristers and then distributed back in South Africa to needy children so uh, that's a really special um, memory that we all have well that that the long-standing members of Nitta Square have from many years ago and I hope that you'll be inspired by it I certainly love hearing about these kind of things because I'm always amazed at how how people will rally towards some kind of a challenge and want to be involved and then we get so much pleasure out of seeing something actually come off the ground and work so um that's that's a lovely uh, interview and um i'm going to oh and then i should just say that during that interview you'll hear dave who's debbie's husband he pops his head in and says hello and of course we're always grateful for the partners of our members who so often um uh, support the work um, from the background and uh, just just lend a hand and um, often send donations as well so we, we, we are very grateful for those um, I'm going to leave it there and let you listen to the interviews and then I'll be back with you at the end of the episode to finish off and give you some some other exciting news well, hi, Rhonda, and thank you so much for joining me again for the podcast. It's a pleasure. It's nice to be here. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so, Rhonda, um, we we have just passed Mandela Day in South Africa. On um, Saturday was July the 18th. And I know that you have been sort of keeping track of some of the little distributions that have been done. And I thought you could give us an update. Yeah, certainly, I will do. Um, this was quite a different Mandela Day this year because 
of course, with lockdown, um, we were not able ourselves to to uh, go out and uh, spend any time, you know, with um, in the informal settlements or doing distributions of our own. But we did have um, several people come in to the barn and collect items that they were going to use for Mandela Day distributions and um, activities. So, first of all, our dear friends from Spoor and Fisher, which is um, the copyright lawyers, attorneys in Pretoria, our friends Wilma and Sandy, who um, always bring us a lovely donation of um, squares and beanies and and uh, blankets and all sorts of things every year, um, phoned and said that they had made a collection of 20 beautiful blankets and hand warmers and beanies and would be distributing them themselves in the Pretoria area, um, you know, with... Um, reference to Nitter Square and with thanks to Nitter Square mm. and uh, taking photographs and no doubt we will be receiving those pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, so we never actually got to receive them, but they just, whatever the work had been done, they they distributed themselves. Yes. Then we had an, a new NGO um, based in Benoni, which is in the Far East Rand and not an area that we have um, been involved with really because it's quite far yeah. from us, Johannesburg being so spread out, such a huge city. Mm-hmm. But this um, lovely young man called Spiwe Machlango, and he is involved with a, um, an early childhood development NGO which has four, at the moment, four little. Um, preschools and nursery schools in a very, very disadvantaged area. The, mm. the East Rand is traditionally poorer, a poor part of South Africa, mm. of uh, Johannesburg. Of so, mm. And, and uh, we were in contact, he contacted us and came across and he collected um, blankets, beanies, soft toys, um, uh, I think uh, for 250 children for Mandela Day, yes. I think they were going to involve all four of the ECDs Mm -hmm. that they are sponsoring this year. And they've been established. They are a registered um, NGO, which is lovely, with with a PBO number and everything. And, um, And we are... We had a long chat and he was very taken with Knitter Square. He was blown away by all the blankets. We still had some at that stage. Yes. (laughs) When he came to collect. I think it was the 25th of June that he actually came to collect. I see. Okay. And um, so he was very excited and we have uh, promised each other that we would stay in touch and even later in the year if there's anything that we can give him he will come across and collect again. He's got a van and he's able to do that. So they will have had a lovely get-together. I don't know how they have organised it during COVID. I'm quite sure they would probably not have been able to do it all together Mm. on Mandela Day, but they would have taken one at a time. And he will send photographs and reports and so on. Yeah. 
so that was nice. Um, then every year, um, our dear friend Jean, who is an associate of Bob's, Lee, and Wendy, who were our first Not a Square group. Yes. <laughs> um, they all live together in the Brownston area, I think. They all live close to each other. Mm -hmm. And they're all very good crafters. And Jean came and collected 50 blankets and a whole lot of other stuff for her annual personal Knitter Square, uh, sorry, Mandela Day distribution. Mm -hmm. And last year she did likewise. Mm -hmm. I think last year we were able to give her many more blankets, but we were already running out of it this year mm -hmm. that um, she will have and she will send a report and photographs which we are still expecting and then we had a call from Marisa from IEMAS in central Pretoria mm -hmm. I'm not sure what the firm does they may be a legal firm but something like that mm -hmm. and some years ago when we were in the first um, CAS office in uh, Grosvenor Road um they came along with a massive donation of squares and all sorts of things, beautifully done, beautifully presented, mm -hmm. which they had done for their Mandela Day project. I don't know where they've been in the intervening years, but mm. they decided that Knitter Square was to be their, um, their project this year. And yeah. at some stage, we should receive um, that delivery uh at the Casbon, and she's going to be in touch with me. She has mm -hmm. my personal number and all contact numbers and email. So she will let me know, and that is Marisa from IEMAS yeah. in Pretoria, and they will come across. They loved Knitter Square. And as I say, I don't know where they've been in the intervening years, but we're very mm -hmm. happy to have their support this year when we so kind of need local support. Yeah, absolutely. Um. And then we had also received an email from Andrea at, uh, at Mechanical Engineering something. It's a company called ACOM, also in Pretoria, just to say that they have got, they had a, a group knit-a-thon on Mandela Day. Okay. Um, and we will get this, the knitted squares. Oh, marvellous. Yes. Yeah. Um, as a result of that. So very happily looking forward to that. I think they will probably courier them yeah. at some stage. So we're looking forward to that. And then lastly, um, our friends, the Cradle of Hope, which is also an NGO in in the Nordhjöval area um, near Krugersdorp. Um, they sponsor a vulnerable... Krugersdorp West community, mostly children. Mm -hmm. They have destitute and abused adults and children, and they receive zero government funding. Mm -hmm. They operate wholly on donations and sponsorships mm -hmm. and their own fundraising efforts. And um, they've been established for a long time. We've definitely given uh, lots of, uh, of things to them before, and they always provide... Uh, BBBE certificates and everything. So yeah. although they're registered, they are not funded. And we gave them uh, squares and blankets for their little ones mm -hmm. and received a lovely 
thank you letter. And that was also for Mandela Day. Yes. Gee. So, so we've been quite busy. And you've been quite busy just keeping notes of all that, <laughs> Rhonda. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell? Can you tell us? Is the barn actually? Um, have we now run out of blankets? We have a pile of blankets in the cake, so we okay. are going in on Friday. Yes. Um, and I'm pleased to let you know that as well, Leanne, yes. from uh, nine to eleven on Friday the twenty fourth. Okay, good. And uh, we will be photographing, and I'm happy to say Wendy's coming in with her camera, so mm. she's taking the responsibility away from me she says i can just sit and drink tea which that is will be a nice thought <laughs> yes she'll take the photos so she and her friend are going to take the photographs and uh, we will probably then have uh, i would say 60 blankets but we will count them of course and mm -hmm. let everybody know that we can still distribute and we have i have picked up um squares from a school where the children have been doing it for social commu uh, community Service. causes. Yes. So, yeah. Um, I have yet to count them. I've received squares from Namibia by by courier today. Okay. Wow. From a lady called Meg. Mm -hmm. And I have received squares from Cape Town. Um from a lady whose name has just escaped me how awful of me <laughs> but uh she has sent a box of squares and That's i fantastic. have um a big box of squares from somebody else as well a big bag of squares that mm -hmm. came from the east Rand. i think that's genevieve mm -hmm. uh, a new lady but local yes. uh, who delivered them to my daughter Oh, my daughter uh, got all these because they all come from the East Rand. The school mm. is in the East Rand. Okay. And then also, um, um, I have returned blankets that two people have been sewing together, a mother and daughter. It started as a school uh, community services hours as well, but they've so loved doing it. They want more squares, so we're going to see mm. what we can Great. gather together on Friday. So I've been very busy. The van is full of stuff. And I have also found someone who will collect the post um, and pay for it. I can trust them to take oh, the cash. Marvelous. And um, will deliver it to the barn, sanitize it, so that by the time we get there to open it, it will all be, you know. That's going to be fantastic. Yes, so I'm yes. delighted about that. And I'll be phoning the post office next week to see if there is any post. Mm hmm in case it starts coming through anyway. Yeah. Well, it's lovely to hear that the wheels are still turning. <laughs> oh, very much so, yeah. yes. I've been busy with the books and yeah. in correspondence with um, with the United States ladies and mm -hmm. the Canadian ladies and the Forum Overseas. And all is going pretty well, all things considered. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Well, well done for keeping up um, your end. I know you're in the middle of all sorts of um, busy Amazing things at home. Yes, well. <laughs> But well done. And Rhonda, thank you for taking the time to chat to us. And it's lovely it's to hear pleasure. you sounding well and uh, wish you continued health and strength. Thank you very much. And to all of you out there as well. Mm. And to you, Leanne, lots of love. Thank you, Rhonda. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye.
Hi, everybody. And uh, today I've got Sandy McDonald in Melbourne and De Debbie Posman's here in uh, America and Philadelphia. And we're going to be chatting about some memories that they have about um, an early challenge or venture that they did with Knitter Square. Um, but first of all, just to say hello to everybody. Um, uh, do, do you want to introduce yourselves or what you're up to and where you are at the moment? Hello everyone, it's Sandy MacDonald here. I'm delighted to be here and have this opportunity to see Debbie, uh, not exactly in the flesh, but at least her face after knowing her for 11, 11 maybe even 12 years, incredible. So lovely to see Debbie. Um, I'm in Melbourne, as Leanne said, and we are back in lockdown, uh, second time. Um, for another six weeks, or we've, we've done a week, um, and because we've got quite severe community transmission. So uh, we're all going out wearing masks, and well, we're not really going out, to be honest, we're all back at home. So it's a perfect time to consolidate on a whole lot of projects that I've been wanting to do. And this is, this is fantastic that we have this opportunity at 2 p.m. in Melbourne Saturday and <laughs> what time is it for you Debbie? It is midnight on Friday. <laughs> midnight. <laughs> so do you want to tell us uh, what, what you're up to at the moment at midnight? <laughs> <laughs> We've been watching the news. Um, Mary Trump's book just came out and that's that's the big topic of conversation here in America. Um, it's, uh, it's been interesting. We have kept ourselves on lockdown, even though uh, the country has been opening up. And there are many more cases of coronavirus here. Um, it's frightening. It's just frightening to me. Um, I'm a teacher. And schools were closed in March. And will probably be closed until September or after that. Uh, I frankly have no interest in going back to school. I should be retired at this point anyway. Um, but I have a tutoring practice and so um, I've been seeing children virtually and that's worked out pretty well. Um, and I think that I'll continue that even if school reopens because it's frightening to think about having children confined in a space for seven or eight hours a day um, with the virus going the way it is. Yes. So, mm. so that's where I am here on the East Coast of the United States. Mm. Well, I, I, um, it was because Sandy mentioned to me that uh, you had sort of uh, collaborated or got together to, to do something amazing in, in Knitter Square's past that I, I was pretty much unaware of because I joined Knitter Square much later, but um, I thought it would be great if you could uh, tell us all about it from your personal point of view, um, about how that came to be and what you remember of it. So Sandy, maybe if you can just introduce the, um, the, the beginnings of the story and how Debbie got involved with that. Um, I, I'd love to. Um, um, the first thing that I really want to say is that I um, feel um, quite strongly that Debbie was the initiator of um, what became known as the Kaz Kids Schools Program because you were the very first teacher, Debbie, that wrote to me and said, I'm teaching our children to knit and I'll never forget what you said. Um, 
we're going to learn, it's a spring day and we're going to learn up in the meadow and what a beautiful place to learn uh, about children that are more disadvantaged than our children. And it, it gave me goosebumps when I read it and it still does just remembering that. And so That's Debbie great. sent us photographs of her children learning to knit. And that was the very first time that we suddenly realized that there, there was this fantastic resource of school kids all around the world that would you know, want to learn to knit and contribute to help the children. Um, and it started off the program and um, I created a teacher resource as a result of that. And, and I think um, at some point or another, we passed the thousand school mark, which um, who had put teachers who had purchased the resource. So I really feel like Debbie was one of our, I called you a, a CAS hero. <laughs> and so that I think that got us into dialogue and Roger and I my husband Roger who was very involved at the time have been desperately trying to work out how this came about and I know that Debbie you must have let me know that the Soweto Gospel Choir were playing in Philadelphia um, but I can't remember how the idea of uh, the idea that we then created between us, mm -hmm. how that came about. Um, because w when I've read all the bits and pieces that Debbie very kindly sent me in advance because our archiving system is not as good as hers, um, <laughs> I, I was absolutely spellbound at the circularity of this extraordinary achievement and, and how it bounced through you know, four uh, three countries with contributions mm -hmm. from everywhere. Um, wow. So, Debbie, you, you tell me what you, if, what you recall, and I'll, I'll, I'll follow on. Okay. I have a friend named Hannah who cuts my hair. Sometimes. Now we're not allowed to get a haircut, but sometimes. <laughs> and she mentioned that the Soweto Gospel Choir was going to be in town. And knowing that I was involved in Nita Square, she said, maybe we should go to the concert. Wouldn't it be fun? They're a wonderful group. My husband is a musician, so we're always tuned into musical programs in the area. And so we agreed that we should do that. And then she said, maybe we should knit squares or, or somehow tie it together. And so I said, maybe blankets. And of course, this is 10 years ago. So this is my recollection of it at this point. But I think that it grew from there. I contacted Sandy. I said, Suedo Gospel Choir is going to be in town. You know, maybe we can do something. And I have never organized anything like that since, and I had never done anything like this prior to that. But it just seemed like the right time. It seemed like the thing to do. So I think it was through the forum that word was spread that this was going to be happening in Philadelphia. And anyone who was interested in sending us blankets, we were hoping to have 25 blankets to present to the 25 singers on stage that day. And yes, I golly, people sent blankets from New Zealand, from Scotland, from Canada, from all over the United States. We ended up with 30 blankets. I had them stacked beautifully in, in our spare bedroom. I would go in there every day and check on them. They were all stacked up. <laughs> and labeled, I put a label that said knit a square and this blanket was made lovingly by and the person's name and the country. And just, we were just waiting and waiting for this event. Mm. 
timeline wise, I'm trying to remember when we began. Sandy, I don't know if you there remember. Was, there was, well, there was, a, there was a backstory to this, which is part of the circularity, which I thought was so extraordinary, was mm -hmm. that we had to get permission from the Soweto Gospel Choir management to be able to, uh, at this stage, I don't think we were actually thinking of presenting them on the stage. No, I think we, right. we just thought that we'd be handing these blankets to them. Because, mm -hmm. um, and it turned out that their management was in Melbourne. I mean, it was bizarre. <laughs> How was that possible? So Roger then started a dialogue with the management because it also turned out that the Soweto Gospel Choir uh, sponsor the Encausi Haven Orphanage mm -hmm. yes. in, in Soweto, in um, Houting. Yeah. And um, so then we did some research and discovered the, the whole backstory of Encausi in, in Johnson the young boy that um, spoke at the 13th United Nations AIDS conference in Durban, aged 11, mm -hmm. about the fact that he had AIDS and was dying. And he, he wrote a, a really beautiful piece. Uh, I, I, I found it. Mm -hmm. He said on the stage, care for us and accept us. We are all human beings. We are normal. We have hands, we have feet, we can walk, we can talk. We have needs just like everyone else. Don't be afraid of us. We're all the same. Mm -hmm. And so we found this, this amazing backstory. And he was adopted by a woman called Gail Johnson, who then opened this orphanage. And Soweto Gospel Choir sponsored this orphanage. So yes. we got in contact with... The Melbourne management and do you remember Debbie it was touch and go for a long time mm -hmm. as to whether they were going to allow it to happen mm -hmm. um, and I can't quite remember at what point we pushed it to could the could the children of your school Springside School in Philadelphia walk on stage and wrap the blankets around each one of the choristers yes. but we obviously between wow. us we must have thought of that idea and, and then Eventually, we got permission from the management, and then it grew even further because of your choir and what they ended up doing. Right, so I'll right. hand that over to you. <laughs> um, I, the school where I work, I still work, is a, is a kindergarten through 12th grade school. And it was all girls at that time. It's mm -hmm. now boys and girls together. But the girls' middle school have a choir, and I spoke to the choir director and suggested that it would be wonderful if he could involve his choir. It was called Musica Mundi, Music of the World um, Choir, uh, in this event. And he was very excited about the idea. I spoke to him just the other day. He's been gone from the school for five years. He's getting his PhD in music out in Minnesota. And um, he was so excited to hear that we were having this interview about that evening. But anyway. Um, so we got permission from the school for these girls. There were 20, 30, I believe 30 girls singing uh, to come down to the Annenberg Center, which is a uh, performance venue at the University of Pennsylvania, right in Philadelphia. And that's where Soweto Gospel Choir was performing. Mm -hmm. And so we had permission for the girls to come. Their parents were going to accompany them. We all were, were uh, able to get tickets to see the show. And um, the girls performed in the 
um, lobby before the show. Oh. And I actually found the, the um, program because I was trying to remember what they sang. I knew they sang something African. And so indeed they sang the South African national anthem and they sang a Yoruba welcome song and then some other songs in other languages. And so okay. that performance took place before the Soweto Gospel Choir. Then during the Soweto Gospel Choir performance, we all sat in the audience and cheered and danced in our seats. And it was just, just a wonderful, uplifting performance. At the very end, the very last song, the girls from our choir proceeded up onto the stage, each girl holding a blanket, and they walked across the stage and presented the singers with blankets. And the singers wrapped themselves in the blankets mm -hmm. and began to dance. And they danced and danced and sang wearing the blankets. And we have pictures of all of this. I just love looking at the pictures over and over again. Um, and then uh, after the performance was over, the blankets were folded and packed away and brought, there was a, a, a woman who drove down from Massachusetts for this performance. She wanted to be involved in this. She drove four hours, five hours south to us to be here, stayed overnight in a hotel. And, uh, at, and her boss up in Massachusetts um, donated the money to mail the blankets to South Africa. So Jackie oh, Susan was her name. She took all the blankets back with her to Massachusetts and boxed them up and sent them over to South Africa. So, Isn't it amazing? Oh, it Debbie, amazing. you forgot to mention that the girls actually got to sing on stage with the, with the choristers. They, they did, and I can't remember what they sang. It was the very last song. It must be yeah. in my notes somewhere. Um, but yes, they did sing. With oh, and those girls, now this is 10 years hence, so the, those girls have all graduated from the school. They're off in college somewhere. Wow. <laughs> and and, the, and the, story, the story didn't end there because um, my family here in, um, in Australia had long planned a return trip to South Africa uh, for a reunion called the Lovemore Reunion because the family name is Lovemore. Rhonda was a Lovemore and so was my mum. And um, so we flew, we were already planning. We flew over in March, early March of 2010. And this had happened in January, 2010. That's right. And um, uh, there were, I think there were eight of us who flew over. And I found a piece by Rog uh, saying that where he wrote, about us arriving um, and then going to Rhonda's house. And he said, um, uh, I have to, he was talking about the fact that in those days, all the post used to arrive and Rhonda would collect it. It was in her lounge. Yes. Uh, he said, I, I, I certainly uh, understand very clearly now why some of you would not have heard for months that your parcels are here. Believe me, they are because <laughs> they were just stacked row after row after row. So he said, the very first thing we decided to do is to find the parcels from Jackie D'Souza, which we know contain the Soweto Gospel Choir blankets, as we're hoping to visit in Causey Haven on Monday to hand the blankets mm. over. So Roger and I and Rhonda actually got to go to in Causey Haven and take these blankets that had come 
been sent all over the world to Debbie and then gone to Jackie in Massachusetts and then been shipped <laughs> over. And we got to unpack those blankets and wrap the blankets around 30 kids at the Enforzy oh, Haven Orphanage. That it was is just amazing. <laughs> gives me chills. Yeah. <laughs> and so wonderful that you were there in South Africa at the time to do it, which is really special. It, yeah, it was just a beautiful... Um, as I said, just the circularity of it was extraordinary, just extraordinary. Yeah. And Debbie, I, I remember you sending us photographs of you just knee deep in blankets. And <laughs> did you, because did you crochet the edges of some of them or did, did am I remembering? I think, yeah, I think there was one that uh, my mother made some squares and, and Hannah made some and I made some and, and we, Put that one together. We, I think we sewed it together and then crocheted the edge. Yeah. Fantastic. So that project was enormously inspiring for the forum members at the time. I know that because Sandy, you said so. And um, I can imagine, you know, even today, 10 years later, those, those memories and um, just, just the images that you shared are incredibly inspiring and sort of make you want to just pick up your needles and carry on knitting more squares and more blankets to get to the children. I wonder if I could, um, because I used to, back in the day, I used to write quite extensively um, about the stories, whatever the stories were, mm. and I, I would um, put them together in a newsletter. And um, although my archiving system is pretty poor, um, <laughs> I did find the, the document that I'd written to tell everyone about this extraordinary event. And there's a paragraph at the end that um, I, I read, and even though I wrote it, 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 it just, for me, just sums up the whole ethos of Knitter Square and why it has worked so well and why it's involved so many people for so long. Mm, um, and I just... I said, every stitch is a connection, a connection with the work in Causey did before he died, a connection between Kazan and Causey Haven, the children of Springside School and the music of Soweto Gospel Choir, our knitters with each other, the audience at the event, and finally us and the children who now own the blankets. The blankets are a lifelong gift. How many nights will they comfort and warm these children as they grow into adulthood? They too are a legacy that lives on long past the date at which they are made and given. That's beautiful. And I just feel that summed that story up. Mm. Hi, Dave. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, Debbie, I mean, th that, that was a, a wonderful involvement that you had. And can you just share with us what Knitter Square has meant for you over the years? Because um, obviously, like, 10 years, 12 years or whatever, as long as, however long you've been involved, it's been, I'm sure, a very important part of your life. It's amazing. I, I found out about Knit Square when I was looking through websites for ideas for knitting. And I came upon uh, the Red Heart site and they had charities each month mm -hmm. or every now and then they would sponsor a charity. And this particular month it was Knit Square and I thought, wow, I could knit a square, that's doable. I was just getting back into knitting after many years of not knitting. Mm. And so I, I joined and, and it just blossomed from there. It just felt like the right thing to do. I told everybody that I saw about it. And at some 
point, Sandy, you and I connected. I don't remember where in it's that process. It's because it you wrote me that beautiful letter about uh, um, about the children. Right. I yeah. decided, yeah, yeah. Early on, I said I could teach these girls to knit. You know, this would be really fun. And we had a lunchtime project. These were girls who were not really my students, but word was was sent around that there was, you know, if you wanted to learn to knit, please come to the library at lunchtime. And so children in third and fourth grades who were like eight, nine years old came and we, a couple of other teachers helped and we, we just had this project going. And then so I guess through the internet, I, I got the word out and a gal named Jessica contacted me. She was a student at Chestnut Hill College, which is not too far from the school. And she's an avid knitter. And uh, so she's got a group of girls together from her dormitory who were also interested in joining. And they knit, they brought a whole box of squares and they came to help at lunchtime when we had the knitting going on with the little girls. And it was just wonderful. It was so exciting. Mm -hmm. And so uh, during the Soweto Gospel Choir, um, concert, Jessica came and joined us and a few of the other girls from the college. So we had little girls and we had college age girls knitting and it became a community. It was interracial, it was interfaith, it was, we are one people is what comes to mind. It just, yeah. it was just beautiful. And, and I've continued on a smaller scale as the years have gone by but I've never forgotten Knit a Square. I've always been involved in the background and, uh, and sharing, uh, always sharing the idea. Um, another mm. thing that I did that's still going is my chiropractor's office has a nice lobby. Of course, now we can't go and sit there, but um, up, till, up till recently, um, she was willing to let me sponsor a box filled with yarn and knitting needles and a sign that said knit a square and I, I Xeroxed material uh, about how to knit the square and where to send the squares. And that's been sitting in my chiropractor's office for the last 10 years. And Fantastic. every other time I go there, there's a square and, or something's on the needles and somebody's mm. working. I've seen children knitting as I'm in there too. So what a lovely idea. It, yeah, there are all Fantastic. kinds of things that, you know, that we can do to spread the word. For so. sure. And these days, Debbie, are you still keenly knitting and sending squares across? I am still knitting. I'm, I'm, I learned how to do corner-to-corner uh, -corner squares. I do mm -hmm. plain Janes mostly. I'm not very creative, but I know we need plain Janes. So. For sure. Uh, but so I'm, I'm doing the corner-to-corner -corner squares, which are really nice because you don't have to measure them. You just keep going until you're, you can fold it in half and it's eight inches. And <laughs> yes. So those are fun to do. I've been doing those with scrap yarn. And as I said, I, I just recently learned to make a little stuffed animal. So that's been fun. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> sometimes hats. I, I can knit hats in the round. So sometimes I do those as well. Yeah. But I know that, that um, South Africa is not accepting mail from the U.S. at this point. So I haven't sent, sent any parcels. Mm. We're just keep knitting and my mother keeps saying that she would like to knit she's a hundred years old doesn't see very well yeah but she knows how to knit so every now and then she'll pick up the needles and then I have to correct all her mistakes but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well 
you know what? It's the intention and the love that goes into the squares that makes it so meaningful. That's right. Yeah. Well, I, I think you've evoked some incredible memories for us. And I'm sure the members that are listening to this that have been around for that long are just so enjoying hearing all about the, the descriptions of what you said. Um, but thank you for your encouragement for those of us who haven't been around that long and for new members who are only just joining now. Um, do you want to uh, just end off with maybe a, a couple of words of encouragement? Sandy, I'll let you go first. Um, Absolutely, because I know it must, it's very disheartening to know that right at the moment um, nothing's being received in South Africa, um, and, and that is disheartening. But I was really delighted um, recently um, um, to see Estelle, who's a, a very active volunteer in South Africa, post some photographs um, of a distribution um, um, that had occurred. So obviously there are, uh, there's enough blankets for distributions, small distributions yes. still to be happening. And, um, and we got some fabulous photographs of those, which I'm sure have been shared in the forum. So anybody who's not a member of the forum, I really would encourage you to join the forum because you'll see the photographs and you'll hear the news of what's happening on the ground in South Africa, even though post is not being accepted at this stage. Mm. But you know, the problem's not going away. Unfortunately, there are still growing numbers of vulnerable children who need to be warmed in the colder months. And we, we've missed out helping a lot of them this winter, but by next winter, we may be able to help a lot more because, um, because we'll have accumulated squares and blankets. So mm -hmm. I would just be saying, don't stop knitting. There, there are children all over the world that are gonna need your help over time. Um, so don't stop knitting, keep going. Mm. And thank you. <laughs> Debbie, what about you? Yes, I agree, Sandy, with what you said. We have to keep knitting, um, stay creative and active. And um, whenever I go on to the forum and see the pictures of the children, I'm, my, my interest is renewed and, and peaked and I, I'm touched by the work that uh, everyone is doing in Middle Square. It's all the volunteers, Rhonda and, and Wandi and Lindy and, and Leanne, yeah. all the work that you're doing for the children. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Well, uh, we it couldn't warms do my it. heart. We couldn't do it without our knitters around the world, that's for sure. Yeah. So thank you both for, for sharing your memories and your encouragement to our members. I really appreciate your, your time here with me. Thank, thank you, you Leanne. Thank you for doing this. It's an awesome thing that you're doing. And I, I really am so excited by the work you're doing. So thank you so much. And also for getting the Knitter Square, has the Knitter Square um, channel up the, what have we called it? Video channel. channel. Yes, Knitter Square. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. So thank you so much for doing that mm. too. You're welcome. <laughs> Well, you would have heard there that uh, there is now a new YouTube channel for Knitter Square and you can look it up if you um, have YouTube, but um, it might be difficult to find because we have very few subscribers. So I think um, the best thing to do would be to look out on the website for the link to the YouTube channel. And when you get there, um, hit subscribe because um, It'll, it'll notify you then if there are other videos that come up and at least you can find it easily. And then, of course, with 
extra subscribers, um, it will gain more traction and come up higher in the search results for other people. But I wanted to draw your attention especially to um, a playlist that I created called um, The Story of Nutter Square. And on that playlist are um, a collection of some old videos that I was able to find online. Um, videos done um, professionally with Rhonda years ago <laughs> when it was when Nitta Square was still run out of her house um, but very beautifully done and uh, where she describes um, the commitment to the children and uh, the way that the members have banded together to to really create a wonderful stream of of knitted items to support our vulnerable children here in South Africa um, in addition to those are some videos that Sandy put together um, in around 2010, I believe, where she actually um, was presenting a sort of a, an e-magazine and um, giving updates on news such as the Soweto Gospel Choir um, event and on um, monthly challenges and themes. So those will be great for you to look back on, even um if if you weren't around in Nitta Square in those days, but because it'll give a sort of a lovely sense of the history, where we've come from, because my goodness, it's been around for a long time and involved many different people. And there have been some really amazing initiatives that have happened over those years. So that's the Nitta Square YouTube channel, spelt knit hyphen a hyphen square, just as it is on the website. Um, what you would have also heard in the interview is that uh, post wasn't being received in South Africa. Now, the good news is apparently it is again uh, being received. So you can send your parcels through and uh, we'll be thrilled to receive them. Um, you'll just need to check to see if your country is posting parcels yet, because, you know, obviously the, the COVID um, vi uh, pandemic and the lockdowns in various places in the world have disrupted postal services. So yes, we are receiving post, but um, just be sure that your post is actually sending um, to South Africa so that we can make sure that um, the, the connections are made at every <laughs> at every juncture. So that's, um, I think, all that I have today for you. But I really hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I hope that you'll stay tuned for the next one in two weeks time. And as I say, please share it with your friends. So this is Leanne Hunt casting off. You can find show notes at www.knit-a-square.com slash kas-podcast. Please tell your friends about this podcast if you've enjoyed it. And you can share links on Facebook, Twitter, and wherever your knitting friends congregate. Together, we are bringing hope to South Africa's vulnerable children, one square at a time.